listening to First Church Charlotte. Brother Jolly has become a dear friend of myself, and it is it is a, a honor to call him friend. Today he is the man of God for this service, and we receive him as the man of God. Why don't you put your hands together right now and give God some praise as Brother Jolly comes to open the word of the Lord to us. Why don't we stand and give that hand clap of praise to the Lord this morning? It's worthy to be praised all across the sanctuary. Would you lift your voice? Clap your hands. Let's give him a 10-second praise. Let him know how worthy he is. Wonderful he is. We give you glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, shake your neighbor's hand, smile at somebody, high-five somebody, tell them I'm glad you're standing next to me this morning. Man, everyone's looking great today, and it's good to be back at First Church, and uh, you may be seated just for a few moments, and uh, thank you for allowing us to be with you all. What a beautiful presence of the Lord is here, a beautiful church, and uh, the last time I was with you with you all a few months ago, I went back home just bragging. I don't brag a lot about everywhere I go, but I bragged about this church, bragged about your leadership. And uh, man, what a blessing uh, it is just to be here and just to know you uh, and to experience what God is doing. Amen. And the old church used to say, you know, we give the Lord a wave offering, you know, just thanking him for his goodness and his grace and all that. But I, I think we ought to do that right now because God's blessing and favor and I'm just amazing what God is doing at First Church. And so we lift our hands and say, thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for shining down on us. And uh, for all that you are doing, and uh, we are just inspired and blessed and challenged to uh, go home and to do life and ministry in such a greater way by what we see in this ministry. And uh, we're so honored to be with you all today. Give honor to uh, one of my dearest friends, your wonderful pastor and lovely wife. We love Pastor Nathan and Sister Charlie Elms very much. I think you ought to celebrate them by giving a hand clap of praise to the Lord for your leader. He is my friend, my brother. I love him, appreciate him. And there's not a lot of folks that I can uh, just meet and know and uh, maybe preach for them, preach for us. And uh, we'll just have a blast and cut up and just uh, enjoy our fellowship and our time together. And so, and um, I'm thankful that God allows uh, people, certain people to come into our lives and to have that connection and to... um, and establish a wonderful relationship. So we appreciate the Elms very much. It is so good to see Bishop Elms and Mother Elms. We honor you, sir. God bless you. A tremendous, tremendous man and woman of God. And we honor them so much. And of course, I said before, for many, many years, uh, him not knowing me, but knowing him and uh, being a uh, just a, a tremendous district superintendent and just a, a great man of God for many years. I've looked up to him, love him, respect him highly, afar off. And so appreciate him very much and honored to um, to see him. And uh, Sister Elms, we honor you again as well. To Brother Dixon, your entire family, uh, wonderful people of God. To Brother Sister McCall. And to all of God's people, we greet you in Jesus' name today. Uh, I'm honored to have my wife with me on this trip. She's not able to travel with me so much. And uh, she's way better looking than I am. But I was smart enough to marry her. And so she's been um, 
my rock and my support standing not only behind me but next to me 16 years in marriage and in ministry would you stand so that everyone can see how beautiful you are this is Lisa my lovely wife my bride and I'm glad that she's here with me and again I guess I failed the last time I was here and so she makes me preach better when she's here so Pastor Elm said you know I that, that was a great sermon that she put together so she writes it all and I just I'm the puppet I'll just say it you know so somebody's got to sit back there and look good while I do all the work so but honored to be with you all I feel like the Lord's got a word for this great church and um, thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you all today let's stand together the book of Mark chapter number six Mark's gospel uh, chapter number six verses one through six word of the Lord reads in Mark chapter number six, verses one through six. And he went out from thence and came into his own country and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in a synagogue and many hearing him were astonished saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this, which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter? the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us. And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he can there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and he healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief and he went round about the villages teaching. Can you say amen? amen? My attention comes from verse number three today. Uh, the question was declared, is not this the carpenter? Somebody say the carpenter. And by the help of the Lord and for the next few moments, I want to preach on this subject today, the case of the carpenter. Can you lift your hands all across the sanctuary? Let us pray one more time that God will anoint us to hear and to receive. Father, we are so thankful for a wonderful 915 service, but we're thankful, Lord, for this 11 o'clock service, this group of people that have come to worship you, those that have come hungry to hear from you, to receive from you. We pray that you'll grant us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit has got to say to the church today. We thank you for your word that's already anointed and settled in heaven and we pray that as your word that is preached will go forth with clarity with boldness with authority with anointing that you will anoint us to receive today be glorified in this house and we thank you lord for what you are doing and what you're getting ready to do in no other name we pray but in jesus name and let the people of god say amen thank you for standing would you give the lord one more mighty hand clap of praise just before you take your seats today thank you so much the lord bless you thank you for your worship and um there's a beautiful presence of god here and there's absolutely no telling what god can do can you say amen uh, this afternoon i would like to uh, talk to you about a passage here that concerns the skill that the ancient people had that we may not be aware of there is a tendency for most of us to lay to look upon the people in bible times as being rather primitive being rather uneducated not being skilled in areas such as we are skilled in today there is a skill that may not identify with people in bible times and this is the skill of carpentry 
Today we have so many tools which people did not even have back in the last century. We have electric drills and routers and electric sanders and all of these things that we're blessed to have today to help us with building and constructing and repairing. But back in the days of the Bible, though, they were people who were extremely skilled in carpentry. In fact, they were very skilled in the nation of Israel because of the fact that there were so few trees in Israel. And this forced the carpenters back in the Bible times to learn techniques that were highly skilled so that they would not waste wood. Wood was so rare, it was so expensive that they became very skilled at techniques of using wood so that nothing would be wasted. In fact, as we think about the carpenters that lived in Israel in the Bible times, let's go right into it and think about the great carpenter Jesus Christ. The Bible lets you and I know today that when it came time for him to be born of the Virgin Mary, he was born into a family that was very familiar with carpentry. In fact, the stepfather of Jesus, Joseph, was a carpenter in the city of Nazareth. Jesus, therefore, was raised in a carpenter's family. It was a custom among the Jews of the first century to teach their sons the skill that the father had in the family. So probably somewhere around the age of 15, Jesus began to learn from his stepfather, Joseph, the skills involved in being a carpenter. And there was a saying among the Jewish men in the nation of Israel, if you did not teach your son how to work, you teach them how to be a thief. So in all probability, about the age of 15, Jesus began learning carpentry skills from his stepfather, Joseph. And as we read through the sermons of Jesus, there are many references to things that a carpenter would think about. For example, Jesus spoke about the narrow gate that we have to go through. And you can imagine him thinking about the various gates that he had made along with Joseph. He talked about building a house upon a rock and not upon the sand. Another concept that a good first century carpenter would have known about. In the beautiful passage in Matthew chapter number 11, Jesus said that his yoke was easy and based on his carpentry skills, he can make a yoke that was comfortable for the animals. In Matthew chapter 21, he talked about building a tower in a vineyard. And in another place, he told the parable of a king who was going to build but did not count the cost. And so you can see the mind of a carpenter working here. You have to know the expenses before you can begin a project such as that. Jesus spoke about the chief cornerstone. Matthew chapter 13, he is referred to as the son of a carpenter. But I would like to skip ahead from the time in which he worked as a carpenter, from a time that which he began his public ministry. There are two occasions where Jesus went back to his hometown of Nazareth and preached to the people. And one occasion was in Luke chapter number four. And as he began to preach to the people there from Isaiah chapter 61, at first the people were just overwhelmed with the message that Jesus was giving them. But then they became upset at him and they reached a point where they were angry at him and they tried to kill him before he was able to leave town on that occasion. 
But there was another time when Jesus went back to his hometown again to preach to the people and their reaction this time was similar to what had happened the first time. And that is the first time they were overwhelmed by what he was saying. But then they got upset and on the second occasion what upset them the most was the fact that they knew that he was a carpenter. And as Jesus returned to his hometown of Nazareth, I want you to notice the reaction of the people as he began preaching in Mark chapter number six. Look at verse one real quickly. The Bible tells us he went out from thence and he came to his own hometown and his disciples follow him. When the Sabbath day had come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many listeners were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? And such miracles as these that are performed by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judas and Simon and are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Notice again back in verse number three that after initially being enthralled with this message, they said to themselves, isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary? And based on that, they came to where they rejected Jesus Christ. Well, apparently Jesus was not ashamed of being a carpenter from the age of 15 up until the age of 30 when his public ministry began. I would like to ask you to think with me for the next few moments about the significance of the fact that Jesus served as a carpenter actually much longer than he ever served as a preacher. There are several things that are very significant about Christ and his profession as being a carpenter. The fact that he was a carpenter for those 15 years emphasizes that God respects all honorable work that we might do. Even manual labor as a carpenter would have been engaged in. And that in itself, ladies and gentlemen, was a hard lesson for the Jews to learn in the city of Nazareth. Jesus did not meet their concept of being the Messiah because he had been a carpenter from the age of 15 up to 30 when his public ministry began. They expected the Messiah to be born in a palace but he wasn't. He was born in a stable. They expected Jesus to be born into a royal family but he wasn't. He was born by the Virgin Mary and with his stepfather Joseph. They expected Jesus to be raised and to be taught military skills and what they really thought was that the Messiah would be trained to be a soldier that will ultimately raise up an army and he will be the general of that army and based on his military power he will force the Romans out of Judea and he will become king and establish his Jewish nation in Palestine. That was the Jewish view of the Messiah in the early first century, but it didn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way. He wasn't born into a a palace or into a royal family. No, he was trained, amen, to be a carpenter, raised to be a carpenter. He wasn't raised or trained to be a soldier or a military leader. No, he was trained to be a carpenter. Why? Because he wanted to identify himself with the common people. He wanted to identify himself with the dignity of manual labor. 
He wanted us to understand that as long as it was honest work that we were engaged in, that any job is respectable in the eyes of God. This is why Paul says, whatever you put your hands to do, you must do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not the way that people of Nazareth saw being a carpenter. They were prejudiced here against those who work with their hands. Is this not the carpenter? Somebody say the carpenter. And based on this question, I want you to look at verse number three. They continue by saying, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? And some people said at this time that Joseph must have died by this point, And this is very possible. Nevertheless, they could have said, is this not the son of Mary and the late Joseph? And we see here that they were continuing to insult Christ by assuming that he was illegitimate. And this is why Joseph is not mentioned in verse number three. Not only did they look down on him from being a carpenter, but they assumed that he was born illegitimately and not of the Virgin Mary. So Jesus therefore chose being a carpenter because he wanted to demonstrate the dignity of manual labor. He wanted to identify himself with the common people. And this, this lets me open up the first case of a carpenter because this God who knew no sin, who was uh, tempted like as we are, this God who sits high but looks low, this God who loves us so much that he was born by a virgin, manifested in flesh, died on a cross and shed his blood for you and I. This, this God, this Jesus who knew no sin, he wasn't the liar, but he put on lying. He wasn't the cheater, but he put on cheating. He wasn't uh, the fornicator, but he put on fornication. He wasn't the adulterer, but he put on adultery. He drunk the cup of sin, drunk the cup of all humanity when he was in the garden wrestling with his father's will. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He saw you and I afar off that while we were yet sinners, he, he didn't wait for us to get clean and right and perfect. He didn't wait for us to become members at first church. No, when we were low down dirty shame, when we were doing our own thing and being our own boss and living our own life, we weren't thinking about him, but he was thinking about us. Who knew no sin stepped down and wanted to identify himself with the common people and I've come to let every man woman boy and girl under the sound of my voice know that it doesn't matter where you're coming from the mistakes that you have made or your setbacks all your disappointments I've come to tell you about a God in this second service that wants to identify himself with you it doesn't matter what color skin you are it doesn't matter your educational background I don't care how many degrees you have how much money you got in the bank whether you're single whether you're married it doesn't matter who you are this God has come because he wants to identify himself with you church uh, uh just to, to, to this you, you don't get good to get god you get god to get good this is a church
church, amen, that's made up of people from all walks of life. And I've come to tell you it doesn't matter the sin that's in your life. It doesn't matter the mistakes or the setbacks. I've come to let you know if you give a God an opportunity to step into your life, if you give God a chance, he can able to, to fix some things that have been broken in your life. He's able to show himself as a carpenter in your world. He's able to identify himself with you. Because he is the carpenter. Somebody say carpenter. Let, let, let's think of something. Let's think of something else that is significant about Christ as a carpenter. And that is the nature of his work as a carpenter. What kind of work does a carpenter do? I'm glad you asked. A carpenter repairs things and he builds things from scratch. We'll say it one more time because I feel good today. He repairs things and he builds things from scratch. Now, if you thought that, you know, you just have to be perfect and right and everything's got to be going your way just to come to church, this message is going to bust your bubble. This message is to let you know that if you're broken, he can fix it. Things don't make sense in your life. Congratulations. Today is your day. There's a God that's able to say, I'm going to step in and I'm going to show myself as a carpenter. I'm going to roll my sleeves up on your behalf. I'm going to get into your mess and your dirt and your shame, your guilt and your sorrow, your disappointment, and watch me work it out on your behalf so that you're able to stand and say all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. If you got a broken heart this afternoon, today is your day. If you got messed up dreams and messed up aspirations, I've come to let you know there's a God that's in the house today. He wants to show himself as a carpenter and he wants to fix some things in your life. messed up marriage today's your day money is funny change is strange there's a God that can fix it today not thinking straight there's a carpenter that can work it out today life doesn't make any sense you're full of fear and anxiety and doubt and misery and you're living your life in depression congratulations there's a God that says I can fix that I'm not going to wait until the end of the service to get my praise on I feel a praise break right here in first church because my spirit gets happy about the revelation that I don't need to be all perfect and right things don't need to be all making sense in my life God can still use me. God can do something great in my life because he's the carpenter. <laughs> Somebody shout and say, fix it, Lord. What do you need to be fixed in your life today? I know you look sanctified and holy and everything looks well on the outside. You got your smile on and you got your nice Sunday best on, but, but deep on the inside what is going on in your life that you can be honest enough to say God if you don't step into my world today 
I don't know how I'm going to make it this week. God, I, I just don't know how I'm able to move forward. I, I've come to tell you he wants to fix some things today. Yeah, I've come to tell you I didn't stop in Charlotte on our way to New York City just to have good church, although we are having good church. But I've come to give somebody a word from the Lord to tell you he can fix it today. Come on, you tried everything else and everything else has failed. You've looked for the answers in all the wrong places, but congratulations. All that you need is in the house of the Lord right now. How a God is not dead, but he's alive and he wants to show himself mighty and show himself strong in your life. I've come to tell you if you can have enough faith to believe God is able and he's willing to do it. God can show himself as a carpenter in your life he repairs things he builds things from scratch think about those two parts of a carpenter's job in the first place many times we call a carpenter to repair something that has been broken and maybe a broken there's a chair that has a broken leg or or a kitchen table has a broken leg and and we need that wood to be repaired or sometimes there may be a big storm that comes through and and, and there's a giant tree that falls across the roof of the house and it caves in and so the question is, who do we call? We call the best team of carpenters that we can find because we know that they can repair the damage. This is why we lift our hands in worship and we call on the name of Jesus with great music and great singing. But it's not about the beat of the drum and it's not about the sound of the keyboard. It is not about who's holding the lead mic leading us in worship and all of that is great and fantastic. And we thank God for it. But there's something deeper and something that's more that's that's more important. There's, there's something that's taking place in the spiritual world that when I lift my hands and I lift my voice in worship in spite of what I don't understand that's going on in my life but I can find myself lost in the presence of almighty God calling on the name of Jesus if you will because there's something broken in my life something that has gone wrong something that doesn't make sense something that you just can't put to, uh, you can't just put it together uh, something that just makes you wonder why is this happening in my life but can I tell you when we lift our hands and our voice and we can call on the name of the carpenter we know he can repair the damage it's like you're driving down the interstate and then you see something happening that maybe looks bad a potential car accident you press on the brakes but if you know God you also call on the name of Jesus somebody's sick in the hospital or you got a bad report and you receive bad news what's the first thing we do we say in the name of Jesus why because we still believe that there's power in that name that there's that there's healing in that name that there's deliverance in that name I don't know how I don't know where but one thing I know in whom I believe and he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we may ask so think would you lift your voice right now and would you shout the name of Jesus shout it from the mountaintop because God is going to step down and he's going to fix some things in my life 
carpenter can look down on us he can see what messes we've made messes that is in our lives and he can take the mess that we've made the awful mistake that we've committed and he can begin to repair the damage and allow that healing to start there's a wonderful scripture in the, the word of the lord along these lines in matthew chapter number 12 and it's referring to jesus christ the bible says that a battered reed he would not break and a smoldered wick he would not put out. Matthew 12, verse 20. And it's very powerful to think because here's a reed out here that maybe the wind has bent over and it's about to break off and die. But the Bible says that Jesus does not go over there and stomp on that thing and it breaks off and dies. He doesn't do that. The Bible says that a, a broken reed he will not break. Or a battered reed, he will not break. A bruised reed, he he won't he won't break that. And a smoldering wick, he will not put out. Here's a lamp that has a wick in it, and it's burnt down, and the wick is just about to go out. But Jesus does not go over there and blow out the little flame that remains. He doesn't do that. In the spiritual sense, which is what the verse is referring to, we can look at our lives we can see that many times we are like that broken reed i mean we're just ready to leave this life through despair and through depression and through all the mistakes that we have made and christ does not go over there and stomp on us and many times we are like that smoldering wick i mean we're just at the bottom of life and everything that has happened to us that can happen to us has happened and we've been defeated by life but he doesn't go over there and blow out the little flame that remains no the great carpenter begins to work i'm gonna say it one more time the great carpenter begins to work and begins to build and begins to restore and begins to make over that reed and that little flame uh, and begins to rebuild our lives because he is the great carpenter and I've come to tell somebody that our God is alive and well in this house today and he wants to rebuild some things he wants to work on your behalf I don't know about you but I don't serve a dead God I serve a God that is alive and he is well and if I can only believe on him and call on his name he'll begin to work on my behalf somebody say he's working he is working on my behalf every time you feel the presence of the Lord that's God working Every time somebody gets filled with his spirit, that's God working. Every time somebody gets healed, that's God working. Are you hearing me? Every time God gets somebody gets delivered, that's God working. Every time we feel the power of God, the move of God, where hands are raised, people are dancing and shouting, clapping their hands, maybe running the aisles. It's more than great worship and good music. Bishop, there's something happening in the spiritual realm there's a God that's moving and working we don't serve a dead God 
wish I can preach at First Church today. This is not a library. This is not a mortuary. This is not a cemetery. This is a sanctuary. And in the sanctuary, there's a God that's moving and working and building. If you clap your hands right now, he can work on you. If you can shout right now, he'll move on you. If you praise him right where you are, he'll do something in your one praise away from your miracle in this service. You could be one shout away from your deliverance. You could be one hand clap away from your breakthrough. How could this be crazy enough to believe God that he's setting up somebody for a ridiculous blessing in this service. If I'm preaching to you, you ought to jump up on your feet. You ought to shout right now and say, it's me, Lord. It's me, Lord. Work on me. Move on me. Shake your neighbor's hand like you're going to shake it off and tell him he's working. He's working. He... He's working. He's working. Oh, I wonder if there's... I'm sitting in the right row today. If there's a row that you can feel God moving right now. How about this side? Is there somebody over here that can feel God moving right now? What row am I talking to on this side? That can be crazy enough to believe my God. There's power in this row. There's anointing in this row. There's favor in this row. God is moving in my life. He's working. You ought to give God a 10 second praise break right now. If you believe he's working, that he's moving, he's building, he's the carpenter, and he's doing it right There's a second case (laughs) that a carpenter does, and it's that he builds new items. Yes, Lord. Jesus is the great carpenter because John chapter 1 verse 3 says, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Can you imagine the great carpenter building the universe? In the beginning was God created the heavens and the earth and earth was all void and darkness on the face of the deep. The spirit of the Lord moved and God said let there be light. There was light. My God. Before God moves God, all God has got to do is speak a word and he'll call things that are not as though they were. You're just one word away. Let there be in your life. Mm. This carpenter built the universe. And yet, that's what the Bible... 
Bible says that everything that he has created was made by this carpenter. In fact, in the first century, Jesus was still building because the Bible tells us upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against what I built. That's good news for us. And on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, here's the great carpenter who built his church, brought it into existence, and put it into service. Because Bishop, whatever God builds, he intends to move in it. <laughs> Let me say one more time. Whatever God builds, he intends to move in it. Devil, you can't stop what God is building. of a church but he's building lives and he's come on you ought to lift your hands right now if you know that God you're still working on me I may not be where I am right now but I thank God that I'm not what I used to be he's still working on me and devil whatever God is building he's going to move in and he's going to move through greater is he that is in you carpenter today there is something that he is working on this very moment I mean while we're down here in church looking good churching God is working on something this very second John 14 verse 2 tells us in my father's house are many mansions <laughs> if it were not so I would not have told you for I go to build a place for you I, I thought you ought to got happy right there about that I I I'm going to build to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also so while we're having church down here, the great carpenter, Lord have mercy, is building and preparing and constructing places for us when we get to heaven. And I know we may not say a lot about it, but the old church got excited when we sang about heaven. The old church got excited when we, when we talked about heaven and preached about heaven. I used to love when, when we used to sing when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that would be when we all see Jesus we will sing and shout the victory it'll make people get out of the aisles and start dancing and shouting and getting happy in their spirit when, when we used to sing songs oh I want to see him to look on his face there the sin forever of his saving grace on 
the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice. Here at last, home at last. Herodotic, I just want to make sure I'm at the right church on this Sunday afternoon. Is anybody still excited about heaven? Are you still excited about streets of gold? Are you still excited about a land where there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness? It's going to be joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. It's heaven. I can't wait to get there. say he's preparing that place for me and you think I'm going to backslide and leave the church you think I'm going to walk away on God the devil is a liar as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord as for me and my house we're going to stay in the church because the carpenter has got a place for me I feel the Holy Ghost. There's a mansion in the sky with my name on it. He's preparing a place. You ought to shout for five more seconds and let the devil know I'm living this life to live again. I can't wait to get there. me you can talk about me all you want you can lie on me roll your eyes and suck your teeth all you want take my seat all you want I'm letting nothing drive me out of the church I made up my mind come hell or high water I'm not gonna let bills I'm not gonna let sickness I'm not going to let worry, doubt, frustration, anxiety, fear, call it what do you want to call it. Can anything separate us from the love of God? You need to stand with boldness in your spirit, with a confidence in your heart, and say, bring the storms, devil. Bring your best shot. But I'm going to stay in the house of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I want to go where he is. I want to be where he is. He's preparing a place for me. I'm coming to a close. But if you can't praise him down here, They say up there, there ain't no party like the Holy Ghost party. Now, for some of you that came out of your mother's womb talking in tongues and you were born with the Holy Ghost, please excuse me, but I need to talk to my ex-partiers right now. My, my ex-clubbers, so 
the folks that know that man 10 11 midnight we, we the party's just warming up it's just getting started and we complain about how long church is well I'm in somebody's sweet tea right now to say Kool-Aid in New York but sweet tea down here if you have a hard time praising God down here I don't think you're ready to go up there y'all not saying nothing right now you know what going to church is like it's like rehearsal shouting, clapping hands, dancing, preaching, teaching, worshiping, praying. It's all rehearsal for what's going to happen when we get up there. If you can't shout down here, there ain't no way you're going to shout up there. If it's a hard thing for you to clap your hands down here, it, the struggle's going to be real when you get up there. Can, can we just show the devil right now in every attack of the enemy on your life to say, devil, it's not going to stop us from rehearsing. Let's just show the devil right now how, how we do it at First Church. Let's just show every enemy in Charlotte. We're in rehearsal right now. This is what heaven is going to look like. Every color, every ethnicity, every creed, every background, every nationality. This is what heaven is going to look like when we get up there. Bit. It's alright to run the aisles a little bit. It's alright to shout a little bit. We're rehearsing when we get up there. Stand with me. Don't push me. is the carpenter the mind of a carpenter says you may have some problems but I also see some potential he looks at our scars cracks worn out pieces and other people may look at that and say man that's not usable how can they be on the praise team? How can they serve on the volunteer staff? How can, how can they serve in a parking lot team? How, how can they teach a Bible study? How can, how can they be involved? They, they got too many cracks and scars. and It's worn out. Just throw it away in a dumpster. Throw it away in a trash somewhere. But the mind of a carpenter. He looks at that and he says, I... I, I think I can use that. <laughs> you may have problems, but you've got potential. We used to have a full-time uh, custodian on staff at our home church in Brooklyn. And I always want to know about brother Roe and, 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 and Sister Lisa can testify of this but every little thing that he finds around the church building he's not quick to throw it out he's got this little storage room and I'm talking about he, he set up his, 
his own Home Depot <laughs> right up in the church. I mean, you open up that door, that storage room. I mean, he's got shelves with different screws and nails. I mean, all categorized. He's got wood pieces and he's got sheetrock and he's got, and it's like, and it all came from places all over the church over the years. We're quick to pick up a nail or pick up one of those items and we're quick to throw it out. But Brother Roe, being a carpenter of the church, says, I can use that for a later time. Aren't you glad that God is not like man? looks on the outside and says I don't know how but the Lord says I can pick you up and use you for a later time there's always room at the cross and for his church and to close out the case of a carpenter there's one more item that I would like to highlight to the church today and it's in the manner of his death Christ could have chosen many ways to die, but he only chose one way. Could have been stoned to death, could have been shot to death by an arrow, could have been beheaded like John the Baptist. He chose one way. He says, if I live like a carpenter, I've got to die like one. Well, you ask the question, how did he die as a carpenter? When, when you can consider the Roman soldiers taking hammer and nails, the tools of a carpenter, and taking wood carpenter specialized in and they made a wooden rugged cross nails in his hands nails in his feet bishop it was an ugly way to die but it was altogether fitting to close out the case of the carpenter hell threw a party and said we got him <laughs> but he looked to the father and he says it is finished the case is closed I live like the carpenter and I've got to die like one and he died like one so that he can ransom us from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light it's not enough just to build things from scratch not enough to repair things but he had to die like one so that you and I can have everlasting life I don't know who I'm talking to under the sound of my voice but the question still rings out in 2019. Is this not the carpenter? I stopped by Charlotte before we head home today to let you know he's the carpenter. He repairs things. Broken marriages, he can fix that. Business gone bad, he can turn that around. Family problems, health issues, mental issues whatever circumstance whatever setback whatever the situation is I've come to tell you the carpenter can repair he can fix he can restore he can rebuild because he is the carpenter I wonder if there's some honest people some real people here that just have a little bit of faith just says that you know what I, I, I want to go talk to the carpenter about my life I I want to I have a little conversation, a little talk with Jesus. and I, I want to be honest and real and say, God, I, I don't have all the answers. I, I've tried it all. I, I've tried being in a driver's seat to be in control of my life, but understanding, Jesus, you need to take the wheel. 
and we prayed that prayer so many times we prayed Jesus take the wheel but we're still in the driver's seat because we want to be in control of our lives especially when we don't see and when we don't understand it's the fear of the unknown but he holds your life in his hands and if he's brought you this far he's able to take you further he can fix it I speak to your brokenness today he can fix it I speak to the things that doesn't make sense in your life he can turn it around I speak to all setbacks I speak to all disappointments all mistakes all the wrongs and I declare I speak the carpenter over your life he's gonna fix it I want you to run to your run out of your seat right now and come to an altar our prayer team is gonna meet you here thank you for responding to the word of the Lord because you step out of your seat that shows that you've got a little bit of faith to believe God God I want you to fix this thing in my life whatever it is I want you to come with your hands raised the praise team is going to lead us into the throne room right now hands raised all over this building I want you to close your eyes as you begin to reach out to the Lord because in this room right now men and women of God that God is getting ready to work and touch he's getting ready to build some new things he's getting ready to restore some things it's not over till God says it's over I speak the carpenter into your life right now I speak to broken families and broken homes I speak to broken dreams and visions today I speak to broken relationships right now every setback every attack every scheme every plot of the enemy I speak the carpenter to work on your behalf right now lift your hands by faith I want you to lift your voice right now and begin to talk to him I've come to let first church know he is the carpenter
because all of us have some work that needs to be done in our lives. All of us are a ongoing remodeling project, shall we say. And I want the Lord to work on every one of us. The essence, the essence of church is God working on people. <laughs> the essence of it, the essence of it is God working on people. How many of you feel like the, the Lord needs to do some work on you? How many of you would like to have more effective prayer than you've ever had? Work on us, Lord Jesus. Would you like to speak with greater faith than you've ever spoken? Work on us, Lord Jesus. Would you like to have more confidence in the face of chaos than you've ever had? That's what the world needs. It needs a confident church because it's filled with chaos. And to live that, to manifest that, we need the Lord to work on us. I'm not where I need to be, but Lord, I'm not where I used to be. Lord, I pray your anointing upon your people. I pray your blessing upon every one of them here today. You're doing such a great work in our lives, Lord Jesus. You are, you are, the, you are the master craftsman. And you're taking the materials of our life, even the, the things that we are ashamed of, the pieces, the broken pieces of our life that we, we wish that we would just somehow uh, be able to abandon those memories and those experiences. But Lord, you, you gather them in and you turn them into materials. And out of pain comes testimony and out of suffering comes joy. And we become a, peop a church, a people testifying of your ability to remake us. I pray, Lord, you would work on every one of us. We we surrender ourselves to your process. We we surrender ourselves to your craftsmanship in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you're visiting with us today, I want to make you aware of uh, one thing. After our 11 o'clock service, uh, we have a small group class that's taught by uh, either myself or my immediate pastoral team, and we use it as an opportunity to get to know you. Um, we know that if we don't make a place, it'll be very difficult for you to know us and us to know you. So we make that place. We serve you lunch. Uh, it's really open format. Even if you can't come today, uh, I want you to put it on your radar screen. I'd like you to come eventually because I want to get to know you, not just as a face in the church or even a name on a contribution envelope. I want to know you as a person. God bless you all. We love you. Have a great week, a great day. If you get a chance, let Brother Jolly know how honored we are to have his ministry with us. God bless you all. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four stars. By doing so, you will help others find it and also bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times and church ministries, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.